Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. You're listening to episode two of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Hey there, I'm so excited you're joining me today. Today's episode is all about an easy to implement three-step framework for supporting ELLs. Using this framework will help you have clarity around what your ELLs need so that you can stop guessing where they need more support. All right, now let's get to the show. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boshe, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Here's our current reality in the United States. The numbers of ELL students are growing year after year. It is the fastest growing demographic in our country, and it's very likely that wherever you are, you have at least one ELL student in your classroom. The number of ELLs in the U.S. currently across the country is usually around one out of 10. That's including more rural areas where the the populations aren't as high. But if we look at the number of ELLs in major cities, that increases to one out of four. This is probably no surprise to you, which is why you're tuning in to learn more about how to better support your ELLs. But the reality is the number of ELLs are increasing rapidly in the United States. And we do not want them to be left behind. We want to provide them with the teaching and training that you need and that they need so that we all can succeed. Let's shift for a second and now look at the statistics for the number of teachers that are certified to teach ELLs. That number is one out of 100 teachers. That's right, one teacher out of 100 is certified to teach ELLs. So you're either the 1% that is really burnt out and overloaded because you are feeling the weight of being 
the support for the ELLs in your district, in your school with the growing population, or you're the 99% that has ELLs in your classroom and you're trying to figure out how to better support these students, how to meet them where they're at, how to shift your teaching so that you can be inclusive in your classroom and include them in quality and rigorous ways. So whichever side you're on, whether you're the 1% or you're the 99%, this podcast is for you. Now, the sad reality is in a recent study that came out of California, and California has one of the largest populations of ELL students, they found that 43% of teachers who work with ELLs received no more than one training on how to teach ELLs in the last five years. I share this with you because we many times as teachers think that we are not doing enough and that we need to do more. But look at the numbers, look at the statistics. We are not being given the training and the know-how to shift the culture and shift our classrooms as they need to be shifted. And so I'm saying this because I want you to not feel bad if you are not sure how to support your ELLs. And I want you to not feel bad if you are overwhelmed right now and feeling and just struggling with how to support your ELLs. We are here for you. And today in this three-step framework, I'm gonna share more about what you can do to better support your ELLs. So now we're gonna dive into using that three-step framework. But before we start, I wanna address three truths that just need to be addressed before we begin working with English language learners, because there's a lot of misconceptions out there. So let's begin with truth number one. Truth number one is that supporting ELLs can be easier. I'm not saying that teaching ELLs is easy, but I do believe that it can be easier, and I am passionate about showing you ways you can make it easier. Number two, when we have a strong framework we are better able to support our ELLs because that gives us the confidence to know what we are missing, what we are lacking, where we need to boost some of our support with them instead of feeling like we're just throwing a dart out there and hoping it lands at the bullseye. Can you relate? Number three, your ELL students are feeling just as overwhelmed, maybe even more as you are. So just remember that. Give yourself grace. You give your students grace give yourself grace because learning a second language or a third language or multiple languages is very overwhelming. Coming to a brand new country is extremely overwhelming. So give yourself grace just as you give your students grace. All right, so let's dive in to step number one. Step number one is to create a welcoming classroom. This step is crucial. Learning a language is extremely scary. If you have ever experienced living in a foreign country or even just traveling abroad and feeling how awkward it can feel or how embarrassing it is when you make a mistake, that is what our ELLs experience all the time. And coming from somebody who has lived in a foreign country for the last nine years, I understand this firsthand. It is really overwhelming. There's a lot of fear and vulnerability that is involved when you're learning a language. And I'm not learning it in front of my peers who could be laughing at me or could just be looking at me and wondering why I don't speak English. All of those things go into 
our ELL students. And without those experiences, we might not think about that. So building a classroom that welcomes all your students is absolutely crucial before anything else with your students. You have to build that relationship. You have to build the trust because when they feel that it's a safe place, then they will take risks. If they don't, they will be fearful. They're going to be filled with anxiety throughout the whole year because it really does involve a lot of fear and anxiety. So what are some ways that you can welcome your students into your classroom? The first way, and this might sound really simple, but it is so important, and that is to say the student's name correctly. This is vital. A student's name can be the sweetest thing they hear all day or the biggest insult. Think about a student, especially a newcomer who's come into your classroom and doesn't understand anything in English, but they hear you say their name. And that's either going to show them that, hey, I see you, you're welcomed here, I'm going to pronounce your name correctly, or it's going to be an insult to them that you don't really care, their name is too difficult to say, so you just say it how you think it should be pronounced. And this is a reality that is happening in our school. So let's make a promise that we are going to work hard to say our students' names correctly. If it is a name, I get that sometimes names, the sounds are more foreign to you, so it's harder for you to understand. If that's happening, what I recommend is to have the students say it into your voice recorder on your phone. And so at night, go home and listen to them pronouncing it. Have them say it into your phone so that then you can just listen to it over and over so you can practice saying it correctly. Let them tell you what their name is. Let them tell you how to pronounce their name is. Do not Americanize a name. We want their names to be said how their parents would say it, how they would say it in their culture. We want them to say the name that makes them feel most comfortable. So number one to creating a welcoming environment is to say the student's name correctly. Number two, is to have something in their classroom that's in their native language. And this, I'm not saying that our classrooms need to become a bilingual classroom and we need to have all the different languages all the time, but having something that shows them that they are supported, that you are excited that they are in your classroom, that speaking more than one language is a gift and not something that they should be embarrassed about, That is what message is sent when you have that in your classroom. And so even just on the first day of school, having the word welcome in multiple languages or having flags and a map that has hello in different languages, that's a beautiful message to send to your students. And it helps your monolingual students have awareness to other languages that are being spoken and maybe builds interest in them to ask more about other languages around the world. Number three is to have appropriate materials ready. We do not want to bombard, especially newcomers, with materials that are not appropriate and really think through this. Think through, you know, at the beginning of the year when you're doing icebreaker activities and you're putting people on the spot. Students who are not comfortable speaking in front of their peers in English, this is going to be extremely overwhelming for them, and it's going to leave them feeling anxious and fearful. (laughs) They're going to think, next time I'm going to be put on the spot again, and that's really embarrassing. 
And so we want to really be aware of the students in our class and how a simple activity for a monolingual student can be very overwhelming for a second language student. Just remember this quote from Kid President. It says, you don't need a cape to be a superhero. You just need to care. So this is not to add more onto your plate, but just remember that you caring goes a long way. You reaching out to the family, sending home a message in their language, all of those small things make a huge difference in your ELL student's educational journey. Number two is to use appropriate assessments frequently. So let's go back. Step one is to create a welcoming classroom. Step two is to use appropriate assessments frequently. And I'm not talking about the access test scores or MAP scores. Those have a time and place, but really when working with ELLs, assessing is vital and doing authentic assessments. And so we wanna be really clear what we are assessing. I recommend to use formative assessments as much as possible. Grab a a sticky note and just observe as they are doing a think pair share, go and listen to your students and write down what you're hearing. When they're talking to a peer, you're gonna get a lot better results and observations sometimes than when they're just talking to you. So using formative assessments as they're working in groups, as they're moving around and sharing and talking, Go and listen in, write down your observations, keep track of that information. Use that to then praise them and say, hey, I saw that you use that word correctly in a sentence, way to go. Or just take a note for yourself. You know, this student's still really struggling with pronouns. I'm gonna do a small group later and work on that with him. So use formative assessments frequently. The second thing that you could do is have some generic rubrics that you can pull for the language domains. The language domains are listening, speaking, reading, and writing. And so when you just have a generic rubric, you can use that for classwork. You can use that for assessments. You can use that for whatever activities. That's going to give you really great feedback and data collection. So it doesn't have to always be a formal paper and pencil test that they sit down and complete. Be creative. You are always seeing ways of areas that they are improving, areas that they need growth still. And when we can narrow it down and really pinpoint our focus, that's going to be so helpful for our ELLs and so helpful for us. Then we won't feel like we're trying to do all the things and not really moving forward on anything. The last thing is to use exit slips or visual check-ins to monitor comprehension while helping the students become more reflective in their own learning. Something important about working with ELLs is we want to push them to independence. We don't want them to become dependent on us for the scaffolding. And so adding in ways for them to reflect on their own work and to check in and to share things they might be confused about or areas they need more help in, doing a simple, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. It doesn't even have to be verbal, but just taking note and putting that in your lesson plans to do a check-in at the end of a lesson. I love this quote by Carol Ann Tomlinson, where she says, assessment is today's means of modifying tomorrow's instruction. When we consistently and authentically assess our ELLs in small goals, we are able to modify tomorrow's instruction so that we can continue to give them the support they need. We know that working with ELLs, not every ELL is going to be the same. So we need to do those small steps to see how and where our ELLs need more support. 
The last step is to use appropriate strategies and scaffolds. And a lot of times when I hear people talking about ELLs, they instantly talk about strategies. But the reality is, if you haven't taken the time to build relationships and you aren't sure through assessing of what they need, it doesn't really matter about what strategies and scaffolds you use. So that's why this framework is crucial to do all three together. Because once you have those two steps, those first two steps set up, adding the strategies is going to be easy and you're going to see huge success. So here are some strategies that you can use for each of the different language levels. For beginner ELLs, these are your newcomers. You can use strategies like total physical response, realia, and sentence stems. Those are great go-tos. And if you're new with using strategies for supporting ELLs, I recommend just finding one and incorporating it for a few weeks before you try to add in another. We don't wanna become overwhelmed in trying to do too many things. And the beautiful thing is when we just start small, our students really become familiar with a strategy before we move on to another one. And that's important for them as well. For intermediate ELLs, I recommend using strategies like think, pair, share, inside, outside circles, and graphic organizers. For graphic organizers, I highly recommend to use the same graphic organizer for a while until they become familiar with the strategy they are working on. So don't keep changing main idea and detail graphic organizer. Let them become familiar with that. Let them visually see, oh, when I see this graphic organizer, I need to do this. It's going to help their brain build that framework and that schema. For advanced ELLs, I recommend to do strategies like Socratic seminar, quiz quiz trade, and numbered heads together. These students need plenty of opportunities to continue to talk, continue to use academic vocabulary and conversation, and continue to think and challenge each other. So those are great strategies to use with your advanced ELLs. The beautiful thing is these strategies help all your students. And that's what's amazing about teaching ELLs. When you teach with your ELLs in mind, all your students will succeed because all of our students are academic language learners. They all need support in applying academic language skills. So don't view your ELLs as taking away or adding on more to your plan time, but see it as when you add in these strategies and this framework for your ELLs, all your students will benefit. So just a reminder as we finish up our episode today, the three steps to establishing a framework that supports all ELLs in your classroom are step one, creating a welcoming environment, step two, authentically assessing, and step three, adding in strategies and scaffolds to support. Don't forget that I'm celebrating this new podcast with a giveaway of five $25 TBT gift cards, plus one grand prize winner of my course, ELL Strategy Academy, a year subscription to my membership, Equipping ELLs, and a $50 TPT gift card. Plus, I've made it super easy to enter. All you need to do is follow, rate, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to screenshot your review and send it to me in an email or a private message on Instagram. For bonus entries, add more reviews to each of these episodes, and then screenshot your favorite launch episode add it to your Instagram story and tag me on Instagram at inspiring young learners. 
Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.